Abba Yahweh again. A new day. A new start. You've already walked this day, Father God. Guide me and teach me what you know is here. And that you know what's coming. And that you're with me. And this is how our walks must be. We must walk in faith. Not by what we see, not by what we think is coming, not by what we anticipate, but by faith, Father God. And you have promised to be with us. Abba Yahweh, Aman. Yeshua, Aman. Paraklitos, Aman. So that's an important reference because we get so caught up. I've shared with you before about our, our ability to pre-plan and to see out and things that we can do. It's, it's, a, it's a tool that is given, but we misuse and misrepresent that gift so often, almost on a, on a, a even more than a daily basis, on an hourly basis. We try to, to get out ahead and then figure out how we're going to do this and, oh, I need to do that and I got to do this and I've got some, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't get that done. And then we start getting wound up in this white noise interference and then we start getting to the point where we consider ourselves a failure because we can't finish everything that we piled up. It was never intended to be that way to begin with. But we have taken that and made it so. So, again, my perspective on this thing about the mountains and the obstacles in the way and the giants, have we not, in our own mind's eye, become like the negative spies that were sent into Canaan? We saw ourselves as grasshoppers. They're giants. Some person in a managerial staff that's in the same job and you've got to go do something that you're not even sure what it's about so you start making all these suppositions up in your mind and these suppositions become a giant that manager becomes a giant you go in fearfully and, and make up some excuse not to even go at all and as it finds out, it was for a complimentary meeting and not a negative. But this is how many of us walk. We don't walk in faith. We walk by what we see or what we hear. And much of it is rumor and gossip. Not even based in fact. I cannot, I get beside myself sometimes when I see all this negativity and all this, people can't even live in a certain place because of a certain breed of dog that people have assumed are a certain way or they find out that they adopt and rescue that breed and they get kicked out. They're told they got to move. All because of supposition, rumor, and gossip and based not on truth or facts. We do the same thing in our daily walk. Many of us function on rumor and supposition. 
not by faith, not by walking in faith with God beside us. The Holy Spirit walks with us, guides our steps. Remember the book of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. 3, 5 through 6. <clears throat> anyway, you want to look at it. But for those of us that remain in the Lord, he will guide our steps. The Holy Spirit will guide our steps and our walk. The mountains. If you have faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. You can say to this mountain, be thou cast into the sea and it shall be done. Think about this. Was Jesus not speaking parabolically again? And the analogy that goes with that is that it's not a physical mountain. Not that God can't do it. But would it be righteous for you just to look at a mountain saying, my father God, just cast that mountain into the sea. I don't even, I don't like to look at it. I think that you made a mistake. Excuse me. That would be what you would be telling God. You made a mistake in this mountain and it needs to get out of my way, cast it into the sea. Or, or the supposition would be, and of course, he'd already know what you were thinking about if you were telling him, why did you put that mountain there and I got to go that way? And God throw it in the ocean. If it was a righteous request, you know that God would do it. You should know that God would do it. But here's the analogy to that. That mountain is not a physical mountain. It's a mental mountain. David had many of those. Pardon me, I have a sneeze coming, brothers and sisters. I apologize. <coughs> Pardon me stuck up on me but do we not take something that's a little molehill that's a relatively simple issue to take care of nothing pressing and then it didn't get done and then we start that fret oh shoot I was supposed to do that yesterday I didn't get that done and then you get caught up in other things at work and you didn't get it done again today now you start pushing this little molehill there was nothing into this mountainous obstacle. You find no way around it, and you can't certainly get over it because it was your responsibility and it wasn't done. So do you not press that into that mountain? I think that's what Jesus was talking about. Jesus teaches that way. Yet, there are many that don't get that. Jesus taught in parabolic speech. Where did he learn that from? Read through the Old Testament. Take a look. Our Heavenly Father also spoke parabolically. So, what I am saying, brothers and sisters, is that we have to walk in a faithful walk and not be caught up in all these things because we are newly created and accepting the Lord as our Savior. Oh, and speaking of that, I saw a very cool decal on the back of a gentleman's pickup truck last night, and I just thought, man, that is so awesome. And thinking about God's marketing and the marketing from the Lord. Yeah, they're into marketing. 
the Holy Spirit. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is their um, vice, I guess, in to make it uh, along our walk here, as he's the vice president in charge of marketing. <laughs> but, and I say it that way, not to to make it light, but if you were trying to break it down into that reality or that realm, um, that would be the position, because all these things are brought to sight, brought to mind through the Holy Spirit and allows us to see things, bring things and turn our perspective. I mean, but I saw this bumper sticker, a decal on this truck and it was in Spanish and I didn't I figured out what it what it was saying I was thinking about what it was saying and uh, soy una nueva I am a new and then I started trying to put it together what it would mean and had some thoughts and went biblical way and didn't quite get it and then I got to position, and, and the driver had moved so that I could see. And the bottom letters were in a different color. So you couldn't quite make it out without being in, in the right place. Huh. Thank you. Uh, Holy Spirit just twisted that, being in the right place. <laughs> so I got to where I could read the entire thing and in the corner of the decal was a butterfly and beside the butterfly and just sort of underneath it it was taken up the space of the corner it says soy una nueva and then the lettering down below persona en Cristo and I thought, I said, wow, that is so cool because this is exactly what the Bible tells us. That in our acceptance of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, is the only begotten Son of God, we are a new creature. And what that means in Spanish, for those of you that couldn't put it together, figure it out, don't speak Spanish, there are some that do and some that don't. And... So, I assume everything and assume nothing. I know that doesn't make sense to a lot of people, but not everybody speaks Spanish. Not everybody can put things together like that from a foreign language. They're not quite sure what it's made out to be. And then, on the other hand, you have some that get it right away. You have those that speak Spanish, and you have some that can kind of analyze, which is what I was sort of putting together, and the Holy Spirit gave me that, beside the fact that I studied Spanish all through school. I was through elementary school, junior high, and high school. And I use it in my job. I've used it in other jobs, and I've used it in my daily life. So I have a little bit of an advantage over those who were raised that way, but it means soy una nueva, nueva persona en Cristo. <laughs> I am a new person in Christ is what that means. I am a new person in Christ. That is what we are. We are told and shared that Paul writes that. We are a new creature. Jesus has said he didn't say it exactly that way, but he came. He sacrificed for us. We are washed and we are not 
as we were. I love my program that I watch. There's a lot of haters out there. Really, really are. There's people that are saying, oh, watch out because this uh, production is made by such and such a church or such and such a church. And, and they come right out and, and then they say that it's blasphemous. and They're not even paying attention to this. This is a, the program is a translation of the Holy Bible. And it is as close to the Bible as I have ever seen. Well, I got to take that back. I saw a picture the other night that I watched. And it, oh man, it was the last 12 hours of Jesus' life before his crucifixion. And then briefly, right after when the veil was rent, and then uh, the last scene was total dark. Didn't get it, it was dark. He thought that was the end. (laughs) which many did. But then the darkness starts to fade and it breaks and you realize that the stone on the sepulcher is moving. And then the room is filled and the camera kind of pans and you come on the profile of Jesus is sitting there and he opens his eyes and he looks to the light. And then he stands and you see the nails the, the wound that was in his hand. So these two are the most profound that I have I have viewed in my perception. In my opinion doesn't make it a fact. Opinions are that. So for those of you out there that get your knickers in a twist over an opinion that you hear somebody make about anything, it doesn't have to be about the word, it doesn't have to be about the Bible, about anything, you get twisted over an opinion. Opinion. An opinion is simply a perspective that somebody has from a different outlook. It doesn't make it a fact. <clears throat> and things like that get really, really bad and pushed out of shape. I can all cite again this poor pit bull. Historically, it was bred to be the nanny dog and babysit the children. It loves children. If you've ever seen any, even rescued forgiving they are drawn to children drawn to children they were bred and raised to be the nanny and not a fighting dog as so many people wrongfully put out there suppositionally and opine over this and it's not based on fact but anyway my opinion is that these are very close One is a regular, is a series, and I prayed about it, and God is allowing me to actually help in the production through the the only means that I have available right now. But he thinks it's a good thing. I've tried the Spirit, and the Spirit tells me it's good. So that's all the validation I need. But it's an excellent excellent program and and you all should watch it but we are made new a new person in Christ it's very awesome so una nueva persona in Cristo that is an awesome thing to be and we are told that 
not only in the writings of the apostles, but Jesus, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He came to help us to see, be saved, to be, to be redeemed, to be forgiven, to be washed in his blood, firstly, and then baptized in the water, which rinses all that that's trying to stick to us that he had already <clears throat> washed in the cleansing of his blood and now being washed with the water so that that just flushes away. Ah, this walk, it's not an easy walk. It's not said that it will be. But we have to maintain and be aware and know. So, I'm being drawn. The Holy Spirit brought me here for something. And so I'm going to share here how some people get. I mean, the, here's the, the, the Sanhedrin, the first season that's, that's practiced today. And this is how some, even when they are faced with a miracle that has happened, and I mean, some of these things happen right in front of them, and they still try to figure out with their finite minds how it is possible. And this is the thing. They're, they're completely forgetting anything. And some of them, sadly, are those taped on the forehead with the little label maker thing, Christian. They're not actually, but they claim to be. And they like to decry that, but it's not fact. And this is, <laughs> this is why many churches have a difficult time and, and you have those that go out to share the gospel as we're told to do, the good news, which is incidentally what the word gospel means, the good news of Jesus Christ. We run into such barricades and difficulties because those that are labeling themselves are Christian are going out with false doctrine and teaching and really troubling the minds and people they're supposed to be helping. So that practice. So in John 9 talks about the blind man that was healed by Jesus and how the, the Pharisees, they didn't believe him, that he was blind since birth. They thought that this was something that Jesus manipulated for them. And this is where they were trying to gang up on Jesus again because he didn't keep the Sabbath as they decided the Sabbath should be kept, that he healed on the Sabbath. So that is a form of work to them, and they don't do anything except sit around and eat, and that's it. And we're not supposed to go out and do heavy labor and, and things, but 
God, God knows that there's some things that need to be done around the house, and you know maybe you dust them off. But there are those that just will don't do. And because of what they were doing, and thank you, Lord, for this. I hear you. And because he healed this man of his blindness from, this man was blind from birth, and Jesus healed him, and it was done on the, on the Sabbath day, and this was when Jesus made the clay and put it on his eyes. And then he started questioning this guy as if he was an accomplice in some kind of trickery or thievery or something. And <laughs> I love his, his sarcasm to the Pharisees. He was starting to get perturbed because they kept pro pushing and pushing him. They want... They asked him over and over and over and over the same question. And how is it that he healed you with clay and such and such? And they didn't believe that he was blind from birth. And they brought his the, the man's parents in. And they testified. They testified to his being blind since birth. And they were having, the Pharisees were having such a difficult time with this. And then he says uh, in John 10, uh, 9 25, he answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, I know not. One thing I know that where I was blind, now I see. See, they were declaring that, that Jesus was a sinner in their eyes, and that meant that he needed to be stoned or something needed to be done because he was doing things on the Sabbath. But the man answered, he said, I was blind, now I see. Then they said to him again, what did he to thee? How open he thine eyes? He answered them, I have told you already, and ye did not hear. Wherefore would ye hear it again? Will ye also be his disciples? Then they reviled him and said, thou art his disciple, but we are Moses' disciples. We know that God spake unto Moses, as for this fellow, we know not from whence he is. The man answered and said unto him, Why herein is a marvelous thing that ye know not from whence he is, and yet he hath opened mine eyes? Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, he doeth his will. Him he heareth. Since the word began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? If this man were not of God, he could not do, he could do nothing. They answered and said unto him, Thou was altogether born in sin, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. <clears throat> so here's the interesting thing. People get so caught up in what they believe is the ultimate absolute truth. They don't want to hear anything else from anyone at all. And they speak untruth. And in John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill, to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Who is the thief? The thief is Satan and his minions. He has them come out to do his bidding and he comes to steal. 
maim, destroy. He is the accuser, the condemner, the destroyer, the deceiver, the separator. He wants nothing more than separation. And it, it goes all through our walk in life. All through our walk in life. We have to hold on to the fact that we are. We are. New in Christ. Just like that sticker. I love that thing. Soy una nueva persona en Cristo. I am a new person in Christ. That declaration has to be made. We have to stand up boldly, declare that, boldly declare that, And we have to be thankful for these things. I mean, goodness gracious, I love this. I, my other reading going through this is, and I've shared with you about us, we enter his gates first with thanksgiving and then praise and honoring God, which he is worthy of all those. Always in thanksgiving for all things. And I've shared with you as I look around, I don't have what I used to have, what I used to think that I needed to have. And I would just, I would, <laughs> I would buy stuff. And I, I mean, I had stuff. I had stuff. And I look around so much less, but I have what I need. I don't have what I want, what I, I decided was needful. God decides what I need. And I have what I need. He provides. And I've shared with you this on several occasions. He also will give me a want now. And then it's, it's a, just because he's my good father. But we need to be thankful and acknowledge. Let, let me ask you this. Let me pose this to you. Every day when I get up, I thank God for the new day, first of all. Because he's walked this day. He knows what this day is about already. And I thank him for the fact that and I, I, don't, I don't ever want to be in the position of taking God for granted because that is where you make a serious, grave error when you do that. Your breath should never be taken for granted that you're going to get up in the morning. You're going to go to sleep and get up. doesn't work that way because tomorrow is not promised. You may lay down. And stop breathing. You don't know. Why would he say something like that? Now, here we go, getting the knickers all in a twist. Tomorrow is not promised. Rise up in the morning. When you do, thank God for that breath that he puts in your lungs. But here's the thing. Do not take anything for granted because you don't deserve... You might think you do, and you're this wow, 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 great person. But you know what? We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that glory will be revealed in acceptance of Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we attain that goal that we're in this human race 
and this that we're in. And our goal is to reach that line, but along the way, sharing the gospel, the word of God. I thank him for my opportunity to share this word, and you hear, hear me pray before I start. God has blessed me in allowing me to be the conduit that flows from his treasury, his truth, his knowledge and wisdom that he has blessed me with so that I can bless others. That's the way it works, period. You thank God because he has blessed you by that breath that you draw in and mercifully allows you to continue breathing through the course of the day because without God's grace and mercy, you would not exist that's it, period. You question that, you got your knickers in a twist over that, go to the Bible and check it out because that is exactly what it says. We are saved by his grace. This is not an automatic thing. It's not automatic. And there are those that claim to be Christian that believe it's automatic because they claim that title that their salvation is true and it's just automatic so they don't do anything else. And then there are others that believe that they have to do all this work in order to obtain a certain position in their salvation. It doesn't work that way either. It is by the grace of God that we are given the salvation of Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, that he manifested on this earth as Jesus. Christ anointed as God, of God. It's not his middle name. Jesus anointed of God, the Christ. That's what that means, anointed of God. But do not believe, as the Bible also talks about places that talk about, oh, here's Christ, there's Christ, here's Christ, this is Christ, we have Christ, Christ is in, you know, people get this all twisted around. If you look at that with that analogy and that understanding that they're saying that the anointed of God is here, we got the anointed of God is here in our temple, in our church, in our way, and teaching that you do it this way. Well, that person is obviously not anointed of God because they're teaching false doctrine and teachings. And they're preaching contrary to the scriptures. So that individual is not anointed of God. And this is what the Bible tells us to be wary of those who deceive and hear them not and don't go running over there thinking that you're going to find Jesus there because he's not. He is not physically here and he will not manifest physically until that appointed time and only Father God Abba Yahweh knows that time. The angels in heaven don't even question. They don't even ask. And in saying that he's the only one that knows that, understand and know this, that everything that we have is because of the grace of God. And all that we are, we belong to him. The start of each new day is a blessing and a gift from him, so we should respond that way. Before I get out of bed in the morning, I pray God's thanks. I thank him. And I pray for the teaching, the guiding. I pray for brothers and sisters, and I pray for the healing of the nation. I pray for this tumultuous thing that's going on in this world. And I put that prayer out there 
every single morning and every single night, my going out, my coming in. And that's what that term means, that phrase means, going out and coming in. When you get ready to go out and start the day, back in David's time when Solomon declared that he didn't know how to go out and come in and that David knew how to do that. That was one thing about David. He knew. And not only, it wasn't only with the pomp and circumstance that took place, but David knew. Listen to this. David was called by God a man after my own heart. And a lot of people say, yeah, but David this and David that and this and that and this and that. Yes, but he also returned and went straight away and begged that the Lord forgive him and bring him closer again. God will not refuse to forgive and love and bring his children in. Just don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit and down that. That's not a good thing. <clears throat> but David knew how to go out and come in. Meaning that David started his day in worshiping God, thanking God, and going out and when he came in and went down for his rest at night. But David did also know how to go out with pomp and circumstance and come back in with same. And on one such occasion, Michael, she wanted to declare how embarrassed he made her because he was dancing around after taking off his ephod. Basically, David told her this. Well, that's just the way it is. I'm worshiping God. You don't tell me how to worship my Lord God who has blessed us mightily. And I mean, on that day, he was taking the things that they had taken from the enemy and divided it up with all the people. Gave everybody something. Everybody that he had that he could that were with him or that were there celebrating, he shared with everybody. Now, isn't that a way to come in from where you were at? You just come in and worshiping God, dancing to God, sharing everything with the people, sharing what God had provided, the bounty and the blessing with everyone. Get that picture in your mindset if you can. This is what we're doing. This is what we're supposed to be doing. And that you have many that are refusing, that do absolutely refuse to do that. Some people lay out that litany of excuses, like Moses, Jeremiah, Gideon. And you have many of them that do, and then they're changed. <laughs> They're changed. But then you have many that do lay out all those excuses and they don't change. They won't change. They won't listen. They will not be moved. Unfortunately, if they had pushed that over like we're told to be like the, the tree that's standing by the water, by the living water and the truth, and stay by that living water, but they don't. That's an unfortunate thing. And in my reading, it tells us not to take for granted 
each new day. I want to make sure that I acknowledge my Lord God Almighty who has provided that day, who will guide my steps through the Holy Spirit, who will teach me through the Holy Spirit, and to keep my boldness and courage because, brothers and sisters, there are times that are coming where it's going to be very difficult. Let me ask you this. Are you going to be like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Ansariah? Stand up boldly. Don't have to confront anyone. But are you going to whine and whimper and acquiesce to what is demanded of you when they bind you up and take you and they throw you in a hole in the ground. You can't even see what's in there and you don't even know. This is what they did with Daniel. He didn't cry out. He called to God. God shut the mouths of the lions. Hananiah, Mishael, and Zariah, they told the king, they said, hey, It doesn't matter what you do to us. We will not, we will not step down and we will not step aside and compromise with you and say, well, we'll only pray at certain times of the week or the only certain times of the day and everything else is worshiping you. No. He was declaring himself to be as a God. And they were not going to have that because their faith was in their God. And they just simply told him, they said, hey, you can throw us in that furnace. We believe that our God will deliver. And even if he doesn't, we will still be in a better place because, and of course, this is my paraphrasing, because we're not going to be your prisoners anymore. We're going to be in heaven with our heavenly father who we have faith in. Hashem, Abba Yahweh. El Shaddai Adonai, the all-powerful. Ashalom is our peace. Those are all paraphrasing. They didn't say it that way or according to the scripture, but they just told me, they said, it doesn't matter because God will deliver. And even if he does not, we will not stop praising our God and worshiping God. And then the king was sitting in astonished when he looked in and he's of course again the rhetorical question hey didn't we throw three guys in there how come this fourth guy's in and oh wow he looks like the son of god and they were walking around freely came out they didn't smell of the fire their clothes were not burned no none of their hairs were singed they looked exactly as they did when they went in. And their their bindings were burned off. Wow, that's power. And that's what God gives to us. So are we going to compromise? I pray for strength for you, brothers and sisters, that you do not, that you stand up boldly, Do not step down in cowardice, which would be that you would relent to those that put pressure to bear on you for being a Christian, a true Christian, and that they put pressure on you. Are you going to fold or are you going to stand up and be boldly, righteously speaking the truth? Say, hey, 
I am saved because of Jesus Christ. And you can be too. And I will not renounce my heavenly father. That's all you have to say. You're not going to get confrontational, try to fight back. But you can offer them the same opportunity because that's what we're to do. It tells us in the word of God that we're to pray for our enemies. That's a hard thing to do. Hard thing to do. But I'm finding myself doing more and more because let me tell you, (laughs) there are some seriously confrontational individuals out there and everything is about controversy and everything becomes about race. Why in the world does everything have to become racial? And see, they're making assumptions about certain individuals. And I'll be quite frank with you. They make it a racial issue with me. I had a couple, they were more joking about it last night, but they were thinking that because I look the way that I do, that I must be white. And I know that they were somewhat joking. They weren't because of the the way the conversation was going and had been going the evening. A couple nice guys, actually. But until it came to that point. And I almost gave them a... Gave him a biological makeup and physicality thing with uh, physiology, but I didn't do that. I let that go. All the spirits had to let it go, so I did. But it was a decent conversation. But my appearance—I don't look like a Hippocratic Indian. So during the time that all these westerns became so such the rage is that those individuals were Mexican or Italian because there were not many at all native actors or actresses in a Hippocra wood. More now because they want to be part of that hip thing. But I have what they call Mother Africa. They call it Mother Africa. And I have more of that blood running in me than probably many of these young black people and even older black people. They've never been to Africa. They don't know Africa. They don't know where they're from in Africa. They don't know any of their ancestry, but they are have, were born here, raised here, live here, and they're not even sure what they're ancestry is I can trace mine all the way back to the time of Colonel George Washington and that my people helped the slaves that came straight from Africa to escape and many were adopted into the nation and uh, intermarried and they liked it because they were used to the tribal life they were offered that and they were offered safety they were offered life and they were offered food and many accepted so the chance that true native African blood runs through my veins more so than many of these that declare being African is very high. That probability is very high. But I don't jump up and down about that. It's there. I know it's there. I don't need to try to shove it down people's throats like they do with other things. And and they do. And it kind of hurt for a minute because we were having a really good, friendly conversation and then that made its way into the conversation. It was kind of a sting. 
and the man's nephew even was kind of questioning, you know, when I, when I said, where'd that come from? And his nephew chimed in because the, the uncle was overriding both of our conversations. And he said, why did that even come up? But I mean, this is, this is the way people are. And this is the way things are in life. And there are many that claim the title of Christian and slap that label on their forehead that they go through and they take for granted every single day that they get up and they go out. They're not sharing the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ to change these things around. I don't get in a real turmoil about this because these things are predicted and it was told by Jesus told, told us. When he was speaking to the 12, he was also speaking to us that decide and have decided and we are his disciples. He's speaking to us. I've shared that with you before. Not only was he speaking to those that were with him right there, physically there, but he's speaking to us. If we have accepted that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God and we are sharing the gospel, we are his disciples and we are called to be his disciples and we should answer that call, period. I mean, goodness gracious. He gave up his crown, he gave up his throne, he gave up his kingdom, and he came here and he died for that? And then you don't want to share the gospel? Pray for you. But each day is not to be taken for granted because we are not promised tomorrow and God gives us the breath, he breathes that in our lungs, and he gives us that by his grace and his mercy that we continue to breathe and walk. That's it. In a nutshell, period. By his grace and his mercy do we exist. And we consist because he is in us. And as we look around that, that the earth, this is also in the scripture what he says, and I've shared it with you in that, Oh, come all ye faithful. That's not a, a Christmas song. Mammon has decided that that's a Christmas song. It's a, it's a prayer that is used at Christmas time, and then they, some member of the Mammon Society of We Know Better Than God decides that it's a Christmas carol. O come, all ye faithful. Let earth receive her king. The prayer that God is coming in Jesus Christ and that we would accept that. They didn't. And it talks about what also the Bible talks about and God himself declares when John is, is seeing this vision is that when you come before God and he asks you why you didn't, you say, well, I didn't know. And he's just going to sit back and he's going to laugh first of all. And then he's going to look at you. He says, how could you not have known? Did you not hear the thunderstorms? Did you not see the birds and the flowers? Did you not hear the roaring of the rivers and the thundering of the waves? All declaring the majesty of the one you stand before now. And it, the Bible tells us that all, and in the song, let heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. Rocks, hills, rocks, hills plains, and I can't remember the verses right now. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. It's not a Christmas carol. It's a majestic announcing that God is real. Nature explains it, and it says that we should not take that. And as the reading was talking about, 
the earth is vibrantly alive with his blessings. And it's a testimony to his presence. But we're in such a hurry to always get someplace to get to do something. Last week, I, I shared with you, I took the time, I sat down, I put myself in a very safe place and just sat there and was looking out the windshield. And I took several minutes because the the presence of the Lord was so profound in that absolutely gorgeous sunset that was on this full display. And I was able to sit right there and just watch it. And I watched the colors change. I watched the clouds shapes change. And I was watching this and I just was thinking and, you know, in case anybody from my work is listening, no, there was no one on the bus with me. Um, <laughs> but I did, I sat there and I was just enjoying, it was, it was so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And I was just thinking, I said, wow, thank you, Father. Thank you for sharing this with me. Got to just slow down. Don't be in such a hurry to be, to have to get this done and that done. All those things that you put on your little mental calendar and your, your agenda is so vital that you walk right by the beautiful sunset, the beautiful flower garden that are on display with vibrant colors and the aromas. Hmm. And God declares these things. We have to learn to view things, and and I love uh, Jamie sharing this, and he shared it in several of our uh, our sermons and his teachings. Is we have to learn, we have to learn, we have to learn and practice to view not only the scripture, but everything that we see out around us through the lens of Christ our Lord who came here, manifested as Jesus to be born and crucified. We look through the lens that he had in the world. And even even his dislike of the Pharisees, he still prayed for them. Oh yes, he did. And he declared that on the cross when he was dying. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Claiming the knowledge of the scripture, and yet they had no idea. And we also need to be very thankful that God provides for us, as he does. I mean, daily. And remember this, that Despite what comes or whatever is, Hebrews twelve twenty eight through twenty nine declare this is that therefore since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Auspicious fear of God because He does have that capability. Brothers and sisters, he can. If he decides that he doesn't want to wait anymore and he's tired of watching all this hatred and derision and all this stuff that's going on, but you see, understand that he's, he's 
allowing this to continue to play out because the plan was different. He did not want to destroy the earth like happened when Noah built the ark. God didn't want to do that. This is why Jesus Christ, why he manifested as Jesus here and allowed that sacrificial lamb to be killed for our sake because he so loves this world. He so loves us, his creation. And we have that. We should rever God whenever we speak to him and pray, just like Jesus was teaching the disciples and teaching us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And in Psalm 19.1, David writes in his poem, just like, just like what I was sharing. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. What's he talking about? The firmament? Talking about the sky. That which is between heaven and earth. The clouds, the sunsets, the sunrises. That declares. And it shows his handiwork. That painting that he did for me last... Oh, man. And I look at those all the time. And we cannot forget either that David writes this too. In Psalm 119, he's declaring, The word of the Lord is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Brothers and sisters, walking in faith, not by sight. Have a good day. You are in my prayers. Am I going out? Am I coming in?